0: Hi everybody, it's Sue Stiles and I'm your host of Hindsight's 2020 and today I am interviewing world-class athlete Lisa longball Luswick. She has won the Canadian Long Drive Championship eight times, lucky eight. And Lisa, you have a lot of credits of firsts to your name. First pregnant athlete, first um, driving a ball more than 350 yards in a, in a competition, First, um, backflip on ESPN. (laughs) Um, I mean, you have a lot of kudos. I don't have time for the interview to go over all your stuff, but long drive. Uh, Maybe you can just tell us all, how did you find out about it or get into that sport?
1: Well, it was kind of funny because I find that golf is a key business networking skill. A lot of people do a lot of business on the golf course. And of course, people do business people they know, like, and trust. So I was, uh, my husband had just graduated from university in engineering, and he was being invited out to corporate and charity golf tournaments. And so he dragged me out uh, out to the local munis, wherever we could afford to get on and play. And I started falling in love with it. And then actually back in 1999, the LPGA came to Calgary. Uh, and it only comes every 10 years, one of the four majors at the time on the LPGA Tour called the DeMaurier Classic. And so I volunteered. And after volunteering that week, Sue, I was so inspired by watching these women play, the effortless grace that they have, um, the, the power they can generate in their small frames. And so I couldn't break 100 to save my life, but I was inspired to compete in golf. And luckily, there's competitions for people who can't break 100. So I entered my first competition, and I came kind of near the end of the pack. But I was hitting at 80 to 100 yards past most of my other playing partners saw an advertisement for a long drive competition and I entered and I won with a 317-yard drive with a set of clubs from Costco. So
0: who knew? Wow. I yeah, mean, it's always interesting to see how people get into what they're really good at. I'm sure you never imagined you were going to become this. Yeah. No.
1: If you told me 15 years ago, this is what I'd be doing for a living, I would have thought you were crazy. I, I never saw this as my path, yet now has absolutely become my passion. Wow. Well, um,
0: hindsight 2020 came about because I know there's lots of wisdom if we could only get together and share it more often. And I always like to start off asking my guests about the best way that they've come across getting clients or business, mm-hmm. you know, at your level, could you share what has worked the best for you with whatever that is for clients in business for you?
1: Absolutely. Well, my business looks a little different than many people's business in the way that, um, as a keynote speaker and a corporate and charity golf tournament entertainer, um, I'm I'm event based, and so I have found my single best uh, marketing or best business advice that I could give that way has been word of mouth. I have gotten um, the most clients uh and the best clients from from truly just doing a spectacular job of every single event I do giving it my 110 percent and then those clients tend to be referring me after my events
0: and you get a lot of um, online like referrals and testimonies too. Don't, is that part of your process?
1: Absolutely. So I think that that's a key too, that I think when you know that you've, you've given your 110% and you've knocked it out of the park for a client, ask for that testimonial. Usually they are so thrilled with what you've done with the event, they are more than happy to provide that for you. Um, I'll also give them a framework or some examples of some testimonials so that they have a sense of, of what to write so that you you know what what, what points would be helpful to a future client. And uh, I, I then I would post those on my my website, or sometimes when I ask for requests for proposals, I will use some of those testimonials when I when I give my my proposal back, just to show uh, other clients that have been uh, in similar industries that have been thrilled with my work. And again, that 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 really comes from that word of mouth uh, part of it. And I also think that it's important to uh, to be sharing that on Facebook or Facebook social media, you know, Instagram, Twitter, using your social media accounts um, to, to show you. Not just saying you're great, but use a video, have a client or customer say what a great job you've done, or even ask for them, even a LinkedIn recommendation. Those all go a long way, and that's all word of mouth advertising. I think you have
0: um, really got a good ear to what people are looking for at different, I mean, right now we're having a bit of a global crisis and um i know you were you were saying you're very careful to listen to the tone of what's going on in social media so you're not just pushing yourself out there but like responding and
1: connecting that's a great point sue and i know we had a chance to talk about this because uh it's one of the things i've noticed you know we we've talked about this being unprecedented times with COVID nineteen. I received a few business emails and the they it was funny that they got right down to business and and were asking about this and this and donating this or requesting this and and I think it, nowadays we have to understand what's going on around us. So I think that really most of our correspondence, especially if it's initial correspondence, we haven't spoken to the person in at least a few weeks, to even a few months, or over a year, or perhaps it's a new client. We need to be asking how are you doing? How should you do? um, and I think that we we, that has to be part of our new business dialogue because things are so different now and by doing that I think that shows a a genuine interest in your customer which you have but you show that by actually asking them how they're doing and not necessarily at this time getting straight down to business
0: yeah so true but we're so Canadian and people often don't feel comfortable asking for testimonials they don't feel comfortable um do you know working on social media and you you know if anyone if you're not sure just go on to Lisa's Facebook page it's just that engagement and back and forth and you're very natural and always um, interesting to watch
1: <laughs> well thank you and, and, and Sue if I can give any advice to your, your viewers is also if you are active on social media you need to make sure that you are responding to every single comment I get comments all the time from from my followers that really appreciate that because if they take the time to write to you or make a comment make a comment back I think that goes a really long way in terms of uh, customer service these days. And, and if you are going to be on social media, don't just put the post up. You have to make sure you're engaging back with your, uh, with your customers. Yeah,
0: great, great advice. Um, so you were talking about you get lots of business, well, all your business from word of mouth. And I know you do speaking. And I know you've been a successful, let's call you a celebrity a athlete for many years. Um, and last year... You spoke, you, you said you did one of your hardest speeches ever. Um, tell us a little bit, like, I guess the question that's going on in my mind, you know, you're at this level, you don't really have to keep working
1: at it. And yet you do. So why, why oh, go out? so that's uh, the, 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 so what Sue is referring to is uh, uh, whatever industry you're, you're, you're in um, I think the, the very toughest group to talk to are people from your own industry because they know the terminology the language back and forth they know the pain points so when you're talking to people from your industry you can't just make it till you make it you better know your stuff inside and out and so as a professional speaker I'm a member of an association called the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers CAPS and I was asked to be the closest keynote speaker at their annual conference this past December well my initial reaction was to say no 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 thank you so much I'm honored but no I'm good because I knew first of all the amount of work I would have to put into it uh, to absolutely knock out of the park in front of my own colleagues and so initially and then not only was I I wasn't necessarily scared of the work as much as I was scared of the feedback that I know that sometimes that we can all be a little judgy and I was worried I, I didn't want to be judgy uh, uh or have people be judged judge, me on, did she move to the stage the right way? Did she move her hand the right way? Did she pause enough? And so I was terrified. and, And I was so close to saying no. But I said yes. And I prepared, I worked my tail off. And you know what, it was absolutely I, I would say the best speaking experience I've had because it pushed me. I I I I I, can't, I feel I brought myself to another level as well. I also think it's the feedback from my professional colleagues um, that and that now that they have heard me speak, back to my number one my one, number one business recommendation is 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 word of mouth. Well, now my, my own uh, professional speaking colleagues have heard heard me speak and now they could could recommend me with confidence. So. Absolutely best thing I've ever done. And, and if I could impart any advice from that, it's push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I know we've all heard that, but I think we only get better. We get stagnant if we just even if you're at the top of your game, but if you're still just staying at that course, you're not getting any better. So I feel that always pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, that's where we find greatness.
0: Well, you're a very type A personality. You know, lots of energy. <laughs> sure. It comes through no matter where someone is seeing you. You're very planned out. But I like what you're saying about taking those opportunities yeah. because actually, before you were a world class champion, you were a school
1: teacher. I was and so you know it's if we talk about some of the the best decisions I've ever made I believe teaching uh is a vocation I believe it's a calling it's all I ever wanted to do I was a gymnastics coach a day camp leader a Sunday school teacher all in hopes to one day become a school teacher and when I received my first position I was just over the moon elated I just loved working with the children but it was during this time that I discovered this weird freaky ability to hit a golf ball a long way and so I had this 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 choice that I had to make that I that Compete at a world class level. I had to to train at a certain level and 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 travel all across North America, and so I, I either had to quit competing so I could follow my love of teaching, or resign my school teaching position to to try to follow this dream of of, of winning a world long drive championships. And uh, it was a very difficult difficult choice to make. And. And I have to say that I I think it's really important that we always surround ourselves with people uh, who support us. Because I think that there's a lot of naysayers out there and people that will always tear you down and and tell you you can't do it. But you have to surround yourself with people who you trust. And for me, that was my husband. And my husband said, you know, Lisa, you have a limited chance to be the best in the world in something. He's like, do it. And so I nervously signed that, that resignation letter. And, and again, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me, Sue. I, I never saw it coming, as you said, 15 years ago. I, I never would have seen this coming, but it's the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: Wow. And one of the things that you are a first, one of your first, is being pregnant and being an athlete. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how did that go for you did anyone
1: say you shouldn't do that like well it's yeah absolutely so it was funny that uh so when when, once I started competing at a world-class level my husband and I wanted to have a family but everyone kept telling me you know Lisa once you have a baby that's it you'll never be world-class again and so I remember feeling you know what it for me it's too important I being I think we always need to know what's important to you and whatever that is and for me it was I want becoming a mom and becoming a mom is truly the greatest gift I've ever had in my life. And so uh, I didn't listen to the naysayers and my husband was extremely supportive. And I was the first pregnant athlete at the World Long Drive Championships. Chips. I was six and a half months pregnant. And it was really cool. As I went, I went win-win through my first two brackets. I ended up, top 10 in the world. And, and, and what an experience it was for me. And I believe that it kept me fit throughout my pregnancy. Um, it helped me push myself, challenge challenge my limits. Of course, I, I was in contact always with my medical professionals uh, who, were, who were on top of They just told me no backflips. I just didn't do any backflips when I was pregnant. But yeah. I came top 10 in the world. And then after having a child, I finished second in the, in the world by three yards to a five-time world long drive champion. So uh, again, becoming a mom didn't hold me back in any way, shape or form
0: wow wow did you hear katy perry's just announced she's pregnant
1: oh i have not well yeah. that's exciting Yeah, she
0: just announced and one of her cravings is tabasco which is why <laughs> i heard about it I always talk about <laughs> tabasco so
1: i do like tabasco on my eggs <laughs>
0: One day uh, you and I were at a meeting and um, I've told you, I thought this, I was very impressed with this, but that it was an early morning meeting. We got there and you said to me, gosh, you know, I've been up for two hours already because I had to do my workout before this. And inside my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? (laughs) It was a Saturday morning. You know, to me, I'm like sleeping in as much as I can and you're up working out can you just share a bit of that mindset or how do you get the discipline to, uh, to be at such a high level internally?
1: well I think that it comes down to what your goals are and so how serious and committed you are to your goals so one of my goals is I want to win the world long drive championships well I'm a 40 something year old mom that competes against 20 year old girls uh, uh, that are spectacular and so if I want to be competitive and if I truly am committed to trying to win a world title then I've got to put the work in and so I we had our meeting at 9 a.m. well I had to get up at 5.5 that morning to get my work in before going to that meeting because once my day starts and I'm sure many of your viewers would attest that we just there doesn't ever seem to be enough hours in the day so for me I find the best workout time is first thing in the morning before anyone else is up and and get that workout in because if I'm serious about it then I've got to put my money where my mouth is
0: um did you learn that over time
1: have you always
0: been good with um no i have not
1: (laughs) yeah no i haven't and so it's funny i i kind of i think i think the greatest lessons we ever have we don't actually in my opinion learn from our successes we learn from our failures. And I remember having a disappointing um, uh, appearance at a World Long Drive Championships, was not happy with my performance. And what had happened was, because I wear so many hats, so I'm a keynote speaker, I'm a golf entertainer, corporate and charity golf tournaments, I own my own own golf school for women in both Canada and the US. I'm also a golf journalist. Oh, and that's right, and a mom. And so with all those wearing all those hats, what I had let slide at some point in time was, uh, were my workouts. And because of that, my my performance suffered. So I, I again, you don't need to work out, but it depends on what your goals are. My goal was to win the world long drive championship. Then if I'm committed to that, then I've got to put the work in. And I, I realized that after I had had my failure.
0: I just realized, you know, world-class athlete takes world-class <laughs> habits. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, no question. world-class mindset. Did you ever experience anything like trying to make your way into a boys club in the golf industry at all?
1: Well, you know, it is. It's, it's kind of like a woman in a man's world. That's very, very, very much so in golf. And and I, I guess that it's, uh, you know, even when my handicap became low enough, I, I, I wanted to play with the boys. There was a, 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 a Friday morning skins game that a single digit handicaps players would play at Heritage Point Golf Course uh, and validation skins. We'd play from the tips at 7,100 yards. And, and I was dying to be invited to that. And I, I remember that it was tough breaking into that. But when I did, you know, and it, it, I was so appreciative and, and just tried to just one of the group that it wasn't men or it wasn't women it was just I was a golfer and I think that's where it finally came to that point and that that falls on me too sometimes I think sometimes you know we can always we put gender up there but if sometimes it just has to be you have to consider yourself you, you don't think men and women you just think I'm a golfer but you also need good people around you that, that think that way as well too but I, I see it on the golf course like at times you know sometimes in my corporate and charity golf tournaments there's inappropriate comments like people ask me about my golf equipment and and they'll say uh I'll say that I hit a 47 and a half inch driver with an extra stiff shaft and I'll hear, oh, you wanna see an extra stiff shaft, baby? And and I highly doubt my male uh, counterparts receive comments like that. So, you know, I, so I still have to deal with that, unfortunately, every once in a while, but it's, you know what, it's getting a lot better. It's getting a lot better. And, and when I have run into that situation, um, I, instead of getting angry or emotional, what I've said to these people, I've said, you know, how would you feel if you're, if someone said that to your wife or to your daughter or to your mother? And usually, usually that kind of snaps them out of it a little bit. So when I I run into something, but again, those cases are truly few and far between most, especially men that I run out there, they're gentlemen, they are wonderful. And especially if they have daughters and and they understand that, that uh, the world. And And I do think that move, that hashtag me too movement definitely brought a lot up in, in the business world as to what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And even if you mean that even to be joking, it just might not be funny in a business setting.
0: Yeah. Good points. Like really good points still to just remind ourselves even.
1: For sure. For sure.
0: I feel like I could talk to you all day, but (laughs) if I could wrap up with piece of advice from Lisa Longball, what, you know, what's the most important thing on your heart? What would you share if you had one piece of advice to give?
1: You know, if I only had one piece of advice to give, it would absolutely be, follow your passion that I believe that we, we we you have to follow what's gonna make you happy and what's gonna what's in your heart because for me here all I ever wanted to do was be an elementary school teacher and I was this close to not taking that left-hand turn to taking that opportunity to 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 try to become a world long-drive champion which has morphed into you know uh, I endorse several brands and and running my own golf school that, that left-hand turn wouldn't have happened had I not entertained the idea and because many business people and success this business people are type a personalities they they have a plan they have a route and they follow it we have to always be open to follow our passions and take that left hand turn because we have no idea where that may lead and it might be the best thing that ever happened to you because it sure was for me so true lisa if people want to find you
0: what is the best way to connect
1: uh, definitely my website, which is www.lisalongball.com. I'm also on social media at, uh, with my, my handles are at Lisa Longball on Twitter and Instagram and also Facebook as well, a uh, page at, uh, Lisa Longball. So would love to connect with anyone. And if they have any questions or follow up, or if I can help, uh, in any way, help them get in, into golf to find it, uh, to help with their business networking or, or just even a, a wonderful leisure activity, I'd be happy to point you in the right direction.
0: Oh, you're so fun to be around. I enjoy your social media all the time. And thank you so much for taking the time out today on Hindsight's 2020. For today, that is a wrap. Hope you enjoyed that and connect with Lisa at your leisure. Thank you. Bye for now.